Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode 15, Homeschooling and a Learning Environment. I know that many of you are still in situations that you just did not anticipate. You may still be virtual learning, or maybe you decided you were going to go all in on homeschooling, and it isn't quite what you expected, or maybe it's a lot more difficult than you expected. And some of you have children who have gone back to school, but education in your home is not what you had hoped it would be. So this episode is about homeschooling, but more importantly, I think it's about creating this learning environment. I think homeschooling is a flexible term. I don't think that every mom uh, should or can homeschool. But I do think that within a home, there needs to be a love for learning and creativity and curiosity developed. You can do that, obviously, more with homeschooling because you're with the kids more. But I think that a lot of the things I talk about today can also be applied to children who are in outside learning for most of the day and still come home. You know, we are a child's primary teachers. We're not just their first teachers and then they go off to be taught by someone else. We are responsible for their minds. We're responsible for the formation of their intellect and their curiosity and the virtues and values. And it's really important not to forget that. Whether your children go off to school or they are home with you all day long, it is your responsibility to educate your child. You cannot relinquish your responsibility for the formation and education of your children to an institution. You know, I've taught all grades in both public and private schools, and the students that are most successful and happy are the ones whose parents haven't left it solely to the teacher to educate their child. I loved all my students, but I wasn't their mom. Even though sometimes they slipped up and called me mom, I wasn't their mom. Parents who create a home where love for learning, creativity, and inquisitiveness that is front and center are parents who see happy, well-behaved children who are thirsty to learn, whether they're learning in a traditional school or at home. So again, homeschooling is a term that I think is flexible, but I do want to spend a little more time speaking to the homeschoolers and encouraging them because it can be difficult. And with so many just beginning homeschooling, I want to be there to help you and encourage you. Here's our story. So 26 years ago, we decided to homeschool. We had six children, and the oldest was eight, and three of them were in school, and we just weren't happy. We did not feel that the teachers knew them. We did not feel that they encouraged them in creativity and enrichment. And we were not happy with sort of the way um, the children treated each other, the students in the class treated each other. But I was not about homeschooling. 
I had spent four years training to be an elementary school teacher, and I, quite frankly, didn't think that moms should be teaching their kids. I was also sensitive to the comments that people were saying, oh, you just want to protect your children. And I kind of bought into the notion that protecting your children was a bad thing. I also heard a lot about how homeschooled children were not, quote-unquote, socialized. And again, that was supposed to be a bad thing. But I did my research, and I found that colleges and universities were actively seeking homeschooled students because they were self-motivated and self-directed, which would predict success in the college. And I read more about the importance of creativity in the development of the human person. And this was at a time when there were no screens that replaced creativity and time. I began to think more about what socialized meant. What did it mean when people said, oh, you just want to protect your child or your children won't be socialized? Well, if you look up socialized in the dictionary, it means to fit or train for a social environment. Okay, what did that mean for me? Did that mean that I wanted my children to learn to be unkind and sort of survival of the fittest mentality? No, I did not want my children to be socialized that way. Did it mean that I had to be concerned about my children being socially awkward? Well, I think we all have to be concerned that we don't want our children to be socially awkward. So I realized that socialized and being socially awkward were two things that I was not concerned about. I knew how to socialize my children. I knew how to teach them to be kind and thoughtful and generous and to reach out to the children who no one said hello to or to sit with them at lunch. And then I watched how my children were treated, sometimes good and sometimes bad. And the bad was bad. I watched their self-esteem plummet when someone wrote on the board, no one likes, and they put in one of my child's names. I didn't like how I saw that the strongest personality in the classroom controlled the self-esteem of my child. And one of the biggest goals of our family was that our children would be best friends. So I never bought into the idea that my kids needed a ton of outside friends. In fact, when they were at school, the outside friends began to splinter apart the relationships of my children. And I didn't like that. So the concept of missing socialization was not a loss for me or for my children. And I don't think it should be for you. Okay, let's talk some practical aspects of homeschooling. When you homeschool and the children are with you all day, you really must have order and structure in your day. Or you will go out of your mind. <laughs> and I think even people that I know who are more free spirits and they don't like order and structure, they come to realize that without it in their day, it just is so difficult. Order and structure are the guardrails in our day. And they help our children have forward momentum. It gives them the opportunity to learn self-discipline. Yes, we impose the structure, and the order, but as they learn it, they live it better. And if they don't have that opportunity to learn order and structure, they're often 
not as self-disciplined as they need to be as they get into their older teen years and college years and adult years. So it's a great opportunity to give your children self-discipline by creating an order, having a morning routine, a school day routine, and then an afternoon routine and evening routine, and having the structure of the day. And it's non-negotiable. You are the teacher. You are the parent. And you make the decision as to what kind of timeline, structure, order you would like. And if you have older children who are not uh, familiar with you taking that role, now is the time to take the role. It is your job. You are the parent. You are educating them both mentally, but you're also educating them in virtue and in self-discipline. Another practical aspect of homeschooling is that You have the opportunity to really give your children the tools for learning. This is so important. You know, as we raise children, when they're babies, we understand that we are teaching them to do things, right? We spoon feed them until we can teach them to pick up the food with their fingers, and then we teach them to use utensils to feed themselves. Education isn't any different. Yes, we have to spoon feed a little bit as they're pre-K and kindergarten and first grade. And then we start to give them the tools to learn themselves. Teaching your child to seek knowledge and to satisfy their curiosity is what really creates an educated child. We help them develop this love for learning by giving them those tools. They take the responsibility for their learning. Yes, we give them the structure, but they provide the texture and color to what they do. So why do children hate school? It's because they have to sit there obediently and passively and without creativity accept the information that the teacher decides she's going to spoon feed to them that day. That's not fun. And it's so passive, children want to be in control, right? They want to have that control. And so when you're homeschooling, you can give them the structure of the educational goals and objectives, but the freedom and the flexibility to be creative, to apply it to themselves. So what does this look like? Okay, in science, for instance, if you're studying about dinosaurs in science, Yes, you educate them on the different types of dinosaurs, when dinosaurs lived, you know, what their habitat was like. They read that, they, you test them on comprehension, but in between learning and testing, they can go off and read all kinds of books about dinosaurs, draw the different dinosaurs, create um, a life-size paper sculpture of a T-Rex, which my sons did and hung it from their bedroom ceiling. It was awesome. They rolled up paper for the bones and they stapled it and taped it together and then they hung it with string from their ceiling. It was awesome. When you're homeschooling, you have the time and the mental space to do that. Now, in some schools, they're very careful about teachers giving children that creativity, that ownership of learning. Many schools don't, so kids hate it. It is a great bonus of homeschooling and, in fact, I think love for learning 
is a lifelong skill that children as adults don't even realize that they come back to day after day after day. Here's some motivation to homeschool. If you are homeschooling, or maybe I'm going to give you some ideas of why you might consider homeschooling. I have a very close relationship with all of my children, and I have seven very different personalities in my children, and yet I am close with all of them. They are close with their dad. We are best friends. And the children are close to each other. Now, when they were growing up, they were very close. They were each other's best friends. And as they've grown older, and they have begun to explore new interests, and they've gotten busy with their families, raising their families, or with their jobs, they've drifted a little bit, but they have the core connection that I think is because they were homeschooled. So my oldest and second oldest son are 15 months apart. And when we began homeschooling, the second son um, was just loves, he just eats up learning. And so he did his work very quickly. And so we thought about, well, gosh, they're so close in age. Let's put them in the same grade. And so I went to my older son thinking that, oh, I don't know if he's going to like this or not. And I said, Michael, we would like to move Daniel up to your grade. Are you okay with that? And he started crying. And he said, my best friend gets to be in the same grade with me. That's awesome. And he was crying because he was so happy. Oh my gosh, that was such a beautiful day in the closeness of our family. Homeschooling or creating a home where children love to learn also nourishes creativity and curiosity. And I am begging you moms who have young children, please help them get off those devices. Put firm restrictions as to when they can use the device and make it and cut back on the time they are on those devices. Even if they're on Kindles reading books, no. The device creates chemical reactions in their brain. And so many studies have been done on what happens to a child's brain on a device. It's unbelievable that so many public schools and private schools are going to devices. What happens in their brain when chemical reactions fire because they are on the device is akin to addiction. And when they are on the device, they're not being creative. They're not being curious. So they will complain. As soon as you take the devices away, they'll complain. I'm so bored. I'm so bored. Guess what? My kids complained they were so bored too. And we didn't even have devices back then. But out of boredom comes creativity and curiosity. You have to be bored in order to seek something different. Boredom is not a bad thing. Let your children be bored. Give them tools to develop creativity and tools for curiosity. Lots of books, lots of arts and crafts types of things, musical instruments. Let them explore all of the creativity that God has entrusted to them. I also think that a benefit to homeschooling is that you have the opportunity to really solidify a deep faith with your children. They will buy into your values because they're not hearing 
other values out there in the world when they're too young to discern what is best for them. So back to that notion of, oh, you just want to protect your children, right? Uh, Yeah, I do. I want to protect my children. And look at where we are now, 26 years later, and all of the things that children should not be hearing about. They're losing their innocence at such a young age. I think it's criminal for children to be assaulted with all that society wants them to think is okay. It's not okay. You have values, you have virtues for your family. You have the obligation and the privilege to teach your children those values and virtues. And I think that happens easier when the children are home. But I also want to say very clearly, I know a lot of great families who are doing this despite the fact that they send their children to school. They're doing such a good job. As your children grow older, they already have solidified what their values and their virtues are. They're able to discern when confronted with other values and other virtues, and they're able to say no. Homeschooling can teach your children to be responsible. They have to be responsible for the chores around the house. They have to be responsible for their studies. And you're right there to say, nope, I know you didn't do it. You need to do it. And they suffer natural consequences. And you have to follow through with natural consequences. And then this creates a self-disciplined child. And a self-disciplined child creates a child with high self-esteem. This is really important. When children are given the tools to learn, when they are given the responsibility for their education, and they succeed, that is what nurtures self-esteem. And also, they're not constantly judged by their peers. They're allowed to discover who they are, make mistakes, all without fear of being ridiculed or shamed or rejected. And as a mom, I would like to tell you that I am a better mom because I homeschooled. Yes, I was one of those moms who said, oh my gosh, I'm not patient enough. And I wasn't. (laughs) I really wasn't. I had to learn it. Just like any other virtue, we have to learn. We can never be women who are satisfied with who we are. We can never be that person who says, well, that's just the way I'm made. I, I, I can't help it. You can help it. God is depending on you to not be self-satisfied. He's depending on you to grow in virtue. For me, homeschooling was the vehicle in which I grew in virtue. It was my path to more holiness. I'm still on the path. I'm still learning. But it was, wow, it was really a path for me. And I think it can be a path for you if you accept it. St. Thomas More says, education is the garden of virtues. And I think whether you are homeschooling or virtual learning or creating a learning environment within your home, a place where you nurture patience and orderliness and perseverance and generosity and kindness, that's the spirit of educating. That's where you can nurture virtues in your home.
If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe, leave a review, and share with friends. Thank you. Have a great week.